And we've got George Jackson with us as we're going to be going track by track through his new album, Heron Hyde. George, you out there? Hey there. Yeah, thanks for having me, Peter. Thrilled to get you back. Last time we saw you was with your own group coming through, and then I think you came through with Jake Blount maybe a year or two back, and we missed you then, but we're always thrilled to get you here on WTJU. So for those who don't know you, George, let's first talk about your background, where you're from, and what got you into actually playing music. Sure thing, yeah. Well, I grew up in New Zealand, um, so started out a long way away from here, where I am now in Nashville. Um, but yeah, I, I, I lived in New Zealand until I was 16, and then I moved to Australia with my parents, who were moving there for work. Um, I lived in Australia for 10 years and uh, about five years ago or five and a half years ago, maybe now, um, I moved uh, here to the US and um, have been living in Nashville since then. Um, somewhere along the line, uh, I developed a love for bluegrass music and old time music. Um, I first sort of got into it when I was about 14 in New Zealand. And um, it, it certainly isn't something that's like particularly widespread and popular in New Zealand, but I just happened uh, upon hearing some, some music um, that really resonated with me and kind of uh, got obsessed with it. So um, that was the beginning of my journey. A little bit of a um, uh, unlikely story perhaps, but uh, it happened nonetheless. And of course, I would say a needle in a haystack, but in fact, there was another needle in that haystack that we're going to talk about a little later in the program. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, how did you make fiddle your primary instrument? Um, my parents were both kind of like folk musicians. So um, I, I was started on the fiddle when I was about four. Um, of course, like I wasn't very interested in it until I was about 14, but um, but yeah, that, that was what sort of got my, me started was just, um, you know, doing Suzuki stuff with my parents and playing sort of the odd folk tune with them. Um, so fiddle was kind of the natural, um, the natural instrument to go to when I started getting into bluegrass because I already had, you know, um, a you know, a basic sort of understanding of how, how it went and I could play some tunes. Um, yeah. And I'm just thinking, were there any, in those early recordings, any fiddlers that stood out to you as Kenny Baker, or any of those mm -hmm. folks? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, the first bluegrass album that I heard was, uh, Bailiff drive album. Oh, okay. um, so for me, like that was where, that was my only point of reference for bluegrass music or any sort of um, string band music from the US was that uh, when I first heard it. So um, I guess like my initial influences were um, Stuart Duncan and Mike O'Connor on, on that album. And, um, and then I was also like at a similar time, I had access to um, uh, this band Psychograss with Daryl Anger playing fiddle. So I remember I actually, I actually just had Tony Trishka in two days ago. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like, that was, there was also a, a little tape of one of their records um, floating around. And there was also some tapes um, that my dad had of 
Uh, that series, uh, I guess, uh, led by Scott Vestal, the uh, Bluegrass 95, 96, 97, that kind of thing. Um, and Aubrey Haney was the fiddler on that. So those were like the kind of, uh, I, I, you know, and it, it's kind of interesting. All of those albums drive um, the Psychograss. I think it, it was uh, um, Like Minds, that album, and like Bluegrass 96, Bluegrass 97. They're all like very sort of uh virtuosic instrumental bluegrass uh albums and um that's really what i thought bluegrass music was you know i i had no point of reference for uh any of the sort of song type bluegrass or um any of the like early uh early you know um the traditional founders stuff. yeah you know the bowman rose or the stanley brothers or the you know the Osborne Brothers or any yeah any of that like uh, i had no point of reference for that until quite a bit later really um i just thought all bluegrass was uh fireworks instrumental albums <laughs> yeah it's funny i was chatting with tony as i said the other day and about the same time that he was starting out with andy statman in new york and nashville you had that whole scene going where Margaret Connor had kind of moved to, and then Sam Bush was down there, Jerry Douglas, and out on the West Coast, you had, of course, the Grisman Quartet doing their thing. Mm -hmm. But later on, all those three contingents kind of came together for Psychograss back in the 90s when Mike and Daryl were taking that break, and just a brilliant sound. And I've mentioned Tony, of course, and Daryl, you mentioned, and of course, the two oldest instruments that the settlers brought to the US, uh, whether it was the slaves or the European settlers, were fiddle and banjo. And so that, that's really where the history of Western music of sorts is in this country. And so having a fiddle and banjo album is always a fun thing for me. So how did you come up with this idea? Yeah, I um, I just love that combination. You know, it's um, it's fundamental to both bluegrass music and old time string band music. Um, having fiddle and banjo play together, you know, really sort of grounds both of those styles, um, and is is kind of yeah one of the central elements. And it feels great, like as a fiddle player and also as a banjo player, like. There's nothing better than playing with um, the other the other instrument, you know. Um, when I'm playing fiddle, uh, and I was doing an interview with someone uh, the other day where we were sort of talking about this, um, you know, what is it that makes that combination great? And and I really think that you know, the um, it's like the, the the short decay of the notes on the banjo and then the sustain of the the notes on the fiddle like the potential on the fiddle to hold out a note for a long time and you know with any sort of note whether it's claw hammer banjo or picked uh bluegrass style banjo uh the notes are very short and and uh you know only sort of last a short time so you have to sort of keep them moving um and I think that combination really is kind of centric to to what makes that those instruments so complementary. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, let's start going through this album, Heron Hyde, with Mississippi Sawyer and someone who just released his own solo debut back at the end of last year. It was Wes Corbett. 
Yeah, this is um, so much fun getting to play with Wes. Uh, Wes lives just down the road from me, about 10 minutes, I guess, and um, got to know him a little bit better over the course of the pandemic where we would uh, sort of sit out on the porch and play some tunes together. Um, I really wanted to get him involved in this project, obviously, uh, just as one of the, the best modern style banjo players uh, for, for bluegrass picking around. And um, I, I'm a big fan of his, of his you know, very melodic style. Um, this one was one that we kind of, uh, we were just jamming on, on the standard, you know, Mississippi Sawyer and um, decided that would be a good, a good tune for us to sort of uh, record together because, um, you know, it kind of brings together a little bit of uh, old time style and also it's like a popular, popular jam standard in bluegrass music as well. So um, it's a little bit of a crossover tune. And um, I decided to sort of look up some uh, more obscure versions uh, of some old time fiddlers playing. Uh, I found a couple of great versions from some West Virginia old time musicians um, and I couldn't decide between the two or I liked sort of parts of both versions. So I kind of put them together. The A part um, comes from a fiddler named Ernie Carpenter and the B part comes from a fiddler named Eden Hammonds, uh, both uh, West Virginia sort of um, tradition bearers uh, fiddling in that state and um, I sort of put the A part and the B part together and, and that's what sort of created this unique little um, version of the melody. So um, it's a bit of fun and um, it's always great to hear Wes play. Oscar will listen. Mississippi Sawyer from George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde. And playing banjo on this one is Wes Corbett.
Mississippi Sawyer from George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde, and we're going track by track through that album with George. Well, George, before we get into the next track, let's talk about the title of the album and how that came to be. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, Hair and Hyde uh, kind of refers to two elements of the fiddle and the banjo. You've got hair on the, on the bow, uh, horse's hair, and... Uh, oftentimes, traditionally, the banjo uh, skin, the head of the banjo, uh, the drum part of the banjo has a, a hide skin on it, which is, uh, you know, either a sort of goat skin or, or some other sort of animal skin. These days, I guess, uh, they're not always <laughs> animal skins, um, but, but a lot of uh, banjo players still do use hide skins as well. So. Um, that was the the reference there. I actually was sort of talking to some friends when um, I'd still only recorded about half the tracks on the album, and I was uh, sort of joking about what what uh, I should call it. And I sort of just very offhand said, "Oh, you know, like I, I guess I could always sort of go the direction where I just pick something about a banjo and a fiddle, like call it hair and hide." And I just sort of said that as a joke. And they were immediately like, you've got to call it that. That's good. That's good. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, was, I wasn't convinced at first, but, uh, but I couldn't think of anything better. And I, and I kind of like it now. So um, <laughs> hair, hair and hide it is. And if you head over to georgejacksonmusic.com, you can find the farm that George went to to slaughter the animals that he used on all the instruments. <laughs> Not quite true, but... Oh, okay. But yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Well, we're coming up on the second track, which features Brad Kolodner, no stranger to WTJU listeners, playing banjo, and it's neighbor Mike. Tell us about it. Yeah, um... I wrote this tune with with Brad's playing in mind. Um, it's in the key of F, which is sort of an unusual key for um, old time fiddle tunes. I guess it's not not super common key for old time music. Um, but I have played a little bit of music with Brad and his group, um, Charm City Junction, filling in for Patrick McAvenue, um, and. I just know, uh, have noticed that that Brad uh, is really great at playing in the key of F, and there's there's a couple of tunes that we that we'd play in in that set, and so I decided, well, it would be great to write him a tune in F. Uh, so this is what came out, and and it's um, you know I I think it's trying to sort of capture the um, some of Brad's ability to to just be super melodic and and beautiful. Um, his playing is, is really precise and, um, and gorgeous. Uh, I named it after my neighbor who lives across the road from me, Mike, neighbor Mike, I call him. Um, he's just a, a, a good, good neighbor and a, um, um, he was born and raised here in Tennessee. So uh, we kind of come from very different backgrounds, but uh, we, we get on and help each other out and have a good sort of neighborhood rapport going. So uh, named this one for him. He's a busy body. So um, always working on something. And, and this tune just kind of uh, felt like it embodied his spirit a little bit. Well, let's give it a listen. An original one from George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde titled Neighbor Mike, and this features Brad Kolodner on the banjo. 
neighbor Mike from George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde, which you can find over at Bandcamp. Or I suspect if you go to georgejacksonmusic.com, there might be a link from there, or maybe on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. But you can just go to bandcamp.com as well and type in George Jackson or Heron Hyde, and it pops right up. I did the same thing this very day. Well, we're coming up on Three Shoes. And this is another artist that, as I mentioned earlier, we've had here at WTJU and hoping to get him and you in again. And who might that be? Yeah, uh, so this track features Jake Blunt, um, fantastic banjo player from the D.C. area. Jake uh, is a recent winner of the Steve Martin Banjo Prize in 2020. And um, I've been playing a little bit in his band uh, over the last uh six months or so um which has been great fun um and i was really excited to get to work with jake i'm a big fan of his playing it's he's got a really sort of heavy groove to his playing um that is really fun to play with and um he brought this tune to the table the way that i kind of set up each session um i recorded two tracks with every banjo player and uh, one of them was a track that I had written, um, often with, with that banjo player in mind. And then the second track was uh, either a traditional tune or something that kind of represented their playing that they were bringing to the table to me, um, which kind of helped me uh, expand my... Um, Oh, my, I expand my, my playing and my knowledge of, of this music and just kind of um, bring something, bringing something to me um, to learn from them as well. So um, Jake brought this one to the table and it's uh, written by great fiddler Judy Hyman from the Horseflies. So a little bit of a Horseflies trance um, kind of number here. Um, yeah, three shoes. It was, a, it was a lot of fun to play. Thank you. 
Three Shoes from George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde, and playing banjo on that is Jake Blunt. Well, we are going track by track through George's new album, which you can find over at Bandcamp and over at georgejacksonmusic.com. And where else should they go to find out more about you and the music, George? Yeah, um, yeah, everything's pretty much up on, um, on my website there. You can order the CD uh, directly at my website um, or at my Bandcamp. Um, yeah, georgejacksonmusic.com. I'm... I'm on i'm all over <laughs> the facebook and the uh and the the instagram uh you know tr posting all sorts of things um on those platforms pretty regularly so uh definitely check those out um and, and what's, you, what's and nice is well. is you've been putting up some videos of some of the artists you recorded with and you can go to yeah. youtube for those just type in george jackson heron hyde and several of them will come up in fact we've got those up over at WTJU.net as well as we get ready to share this great album with our listeners. And well, earlier I teased about how there wasn't just one needle in the haystack in New Zealand when it came to listening to this music, but there were actually two. Who's that other needle? Yeah, <laughs> that's, a great, uh, that's a great analogy. Um, well, you know, it's kind of interesting um, because you know, I part of uh, part of me being in New Zealand and and getting into to bluegrass music um, was that you know you can't just play bluegrass music by yourself. Um, so it was really lucky that um, I, I, when I was about thirteen or fourteen, um, I met a young girl in New Zealand who had just started learning the banjo, and uh, we just kind of hit it off as friends and started trying to figure it out together. Um, her name's B.B. Bowness or Catherine Bowness, um, and she nowadays lives in Boston um, and is, plays banjo with a band called Mile 12. She's a fantastic banjo player and also another uh, 2020 Steve Martin Banjo Prize winner. So um, I actually recorded with both of, both Jake and B.B. before they won those awards and uh, was excited to see that both of them were awarded that later the year, later in the year last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, it, it's kind of a chicken and the an egg situation, you know, like, I don't know that, um, either BB or, or I would be over in the U S playing bluegrass music as, uh, for a living and kind of pursuing that music had we not had someone else to kind of figure it out with initially in New Zealand, um, as teenagers. So, uh, you know, that was a really big part of it for both of us was having each other to kind of egg each other on and um yeah the two the two little uh little needles in the haystack of the new zealand uh, bluegrass music scene at the time um there's a few younger players there now which is really great to see but uh for a long time it was it was just us um who were in our generation playing bluegrass music and how did you settle on prosser yeah, um, this is a tune that I wrote uh, while I was on tour with Missy Rains in 2019 um, in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Um, I, I sort of had a little bit of a challenge going for myself on that tour to write a tune uh, every day. And uh, I was running out of time on this particular day because uh, we'd been in the car all day driving to this, this town. And I guess it's kind of 
eastern Washington. Um, so it's it's further out. Um, and uh, I hadn't had time to play the fiddle, but we had about an hour between sound check and, and when the gig started. And so I just sort of sat down and started working on, on something. And uh, this is what kind of came out. Um, so I named it after the town there, Prosser. And um, this is one that I had written and um, I kind of thought that it would suit BB's playing really well. Um, she's fantastic at playing a melodic style um, fiddle tunes on the banjo. And this one moves around quite a bit. So um, definitely um, I thought it would be a good challenge for her, but of course, uh, you know, she she totally slays it. So um, yeah, this is a this is a great fun tune. And if memory serves, this is actually the first time that you two recorded together. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, uh, that's kind of something that that's a little a little weird. But I'd really wanted to to get some evidence of us playing together. You know, we have so much history of playing together, and you know, we we learned playing together, but we we never really recorded anything together because we went our separate ways uh, in bands and things. Um, I guess once I moved to um, Australia when I was 16, um, you know, we never quite had the chance to sort of record things together. So um, it was great to really finally um, work on some music together and get a couple of tracks down on this album with BB. Let's give a listen. Prosser, an original from George Jackson on his new album, Heron Hyde, available over at georgejacksonmusic.com or over at Bandcamp, where you can get it in as a CD or digital or even vinyl. Let's give it a listen.
Crosser, a George Jackson original from his new album, Heron Hyde, out now. And we're going track by track through the album with George. And we heard Prosser and, of course, with, with BB. And there's actually, I don't know if it's a video of that one or a different video that you've done with BB up on your website and over at YouTube. Yeah, that's right. Um, it is that tune. Yeah, we. Um, I, I've been trying to sort of get video evidence um, of at least one tune with every banjo player that I recorded with, and um, uh, it was great to be able to get together with BB. We were both performing at the uh, Winfield, um, the Walnut Valley Festival in Winfield, Kansas, earlier this year, and uh, managed to sort of sneak sneak away for um half an hour and record a little video in the campground there um which was great fun and so yeah there, there is a live version of that tune prosa of us playing it in the campground at winfield so yeah well the two of you were quite young when you got your start there in new zealand and the next artist gosh i along with a lot of folks have kind of watched her grow up and her banjo playing is incredible and it's uma peeners yeah, um, I was so glad to get Uma on this project. Uh, definitely a representative of the uh, the next generation of, of banjo players and um, musicians who are taking things forward. Um, Uma's a really talented young player. She was only 13 when we recorded uh, the tracks for my album here. Um, and yeah, she, she did so great, you know, like um, it was definitely interesting working with uh, someone that young um in the studio you know she didn't say much <laughs> she's quite a shy uh young girl but um she said about three words but then she just uh totally slayed on the banjo the whole time um and it was it was a total pleasure to, to work with her so um yeah um this is a, a tune that i wrote specifically with her in mind i wanted to write something that she could play on the gourd banjo she's um really great at playing on the gourd banjo, fretless gourd, and um, uh, something that kind of had a modal groove that that I thought would suit her, um, her sensibilities. So yeah, this one is written for her and it's called Turtle Rock. Thank you. 
Turtle Rock, a George Jackson original, which you can find on his new album, Hair and Hide. And George, where did the title of Turtle Rock come from? Yeah, I was, um, when I was kind of writing that one, I was out west uh, during, I guess, the late summer of 2020. My wife and I took a little trip out west to see um, her sister who had recently moved to Boulder and um, do a little bit of traveling while we didn't really know what else to do with ourselves <laughs> um, during the pandemic. Um, so we were just kind of like camping around and uh, we uh, were up in Wyoming and camping at a state park um, with some other friends of ours um, who, who were in Wyoming at the time. And I was just kind of like working out the kinks of this tune a little bit and, and just kind of like smoothing it over, kind of working out what to cut and what to keep um, and came sort of came to the the sort of final version of the tune um, and was playing it with uh, with Shelby and Joel who and, and my wife Rachel who was there um, and right next to us was this big sort of rock formation which is called Turtle Rock um, so I guess I named it after that we were um, yeah, we were just kind of like camping out there in the state park and there's this big beautiful rock there and it was a bit of a turbulent year, but uh, there was a little bit of a zen moment there. So um, that's kind of evocative of, of that tune. Well, you mentioned your wife and the name Rachel. I should point out that happens to be the wonderfully talented Rachel Bayman. Correct. And during the lockdown, actually, it was great to see the two of you play together. And Rachel actually wrote an article about it, what it was like to play with a partner. <laughs> yeah, um, Rachel and I sort of purposefully don't uh, try not to sort of um, cross our careers. We're both musicians, but, um, you know, we, we try not to sort of be in the same band too often yeah. <laughs> um, to keep things separate. And um, I guess uh, she has a, a little bit of a history of, uh, you know, having done that once before with uh, a band member. Um, and decided that wasn't for her. So, um, so yeah, that's been a, an understanding with us for a long time. But of course, when you're locked in a house with uh, with uh, someone for a good part of a year, and that they're your only option musically um, as well. Uh, yeah, it was nice to to kind of um, play some shows together online last year. Um. <laughs> so lockdown has many benefits. For yeah. us as fans, we get to hear the two of you. And of course, it also gets you to write a tune called Lockdown. Yeah, this is one that I wrote, uh, you know, during the early part of the lockdown. And um, and it's a bit of a twisty melody. So I figured, you know, it kind of represents the uh, or is evocative of the uh, the sort of confusing times that it was written in. Um, yeah, but it's a it's a energetic tune. <laughs> And this one features a former Charlottesville resident by the name of Joe Overton. Oh, cool. That he used to live in Charlottesville. I didn't know that, but yep. uh, there you go. Yes, Joe Overton. Um, I love playing with Joe. He's, um, he lives here in, in just uh, out on the outskirts of Nashville these days, and he's originally from uh, Smithville, Tennessee. Um, so Tennessee born and raised, and he's just got such a unique banjo style you'll hear um, it's very improvisatory. You never quite know what's going to happen, and um, but it's very exciting. So, um, yeah, this one really suits uh, Joe's playing. Let's give a listen. Lockdown, a George Jackson original from his new album, Heron Hyde. 
Lockdown from George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde. We're going track by track through this great new album out over at georgejacksonmusic.com where you can order it or you can also go to Bandcamp and you can pick up a digital copy, a CD, and even vinyl. And all the details, bandcamp.com or georgejacksonmusic.com, Instagram and all that other fun stuff. Everything probably except for MySpace. Yeah, and, God. Sorry. You don't, you don't no, have it up on MySpace. I was reminiscing about MySpace. Oh, my gosh. I was pointing out to Caitlin Rates a few weeks ago as we went through her new album of All Cello that um, MySpace gave uh, Justin Timberlake $2 million to try to make them hip again. And I think it was the easiest <laughs> $2 million that he ever made. <laughs> Didn't work, did it, I guess. Not quite. <laughs> well, we're going track by track, not with Justin Timberlake, but George Jackson. And we started off the track by track with one featuring Wes Corbett on banjo. And we're coming up to another one. Food, coffee, and kisses. Yeah, so um, as arranged on the uh, vinyl record version of, the, of this album, um, which... I'm really excited to get my hands on soon. Um, this is the sort of end of side one. And um, it starts with Wes on side one and, and ends with Wes too. So um, uh, this is a, the tune that I wrote um, with Wes's playing in mind. Um, it was actually a combination of a couple of separate ideas that I had had a number of years ago when I was sort of going through all of the things that I had written. Um, I was trying to find something that I thought would be fun to try with Wes. And I had these two sort of fragments that were completely separate ideas. Um, and and they were working on, um, on sort of uh, numbers stuff, you know, like um, I'd, I was trying to arrange something that sort of have a, had an overarching um, phrasing of seven beats, um, which is what, what the first uh, part of this has and so um uh i thought well this would be perfect for wes um and i needed to kind of find a second part for it because um it just wasn't quite a complete musical idea and there was another idea that i had, that i had had um that was kind of playing around with some african um some african rhythms um which i has kind of changed uh, once wes and i started working on it it doesn't quite have that same character but um but that's where it started at least um so yeah uh this i put these two ideas together and wes and i sort of worked on it and changed it around a little bit and made it a bit more cohesive and um i named it after the three ingredients to a happy life with uh my wife which is making sure that uh there's coffee and food and kisses um those those things make sure that everything's okay <laughs> well, let's give a listen Food, Coffee, and Kisses from George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde, featuring banjoist Wes Corbett.
Food, Coffee, and Kisses from Wes, excuse me, not Wes, but George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde. And on that track, we heard Wes Corbett on banjo. This is a great album of fiddle and banjo. And George has invited some of his contemporaries and some younger ones to join him on this great new album. And George, you mentioned that you started writing this, that last one, a little while back. And I'm, leads me to the question, what is the oldest tune on this and newest that you wrote? Yeah, interesting. Um, well, the fragments uh, from that last tune were probably the oldest to be honest. Um, uh, those were things that I, I guess I wrote back in maybe 2012 or so, like probably 10 years ago. Um, yeah, so um, those were just little ideas that I had lying around my, you know, voice memo app or uh, my iTunes. Um, I think I actually, when I, when I, when I was thinking about that, uh, that, that last tune and, and, bringing it to Wes, I, re I remembered that I had this idea from a long time ago that, that I remember thinking, oh, I got to do something with that one day. I think I actually had to dig out my old computer and start it up and it takes, you know, at, like 45 minutes to get going before you can find anything on there these days. And um, I think I had to like, you know, connect it up to the internet and email it to myself and then get out my new computer and kind of do it that way. So yeah, that was a little bit of a process, but um, but I, I really wanted to salvage that idea because I, I remember I remember thinking, oh, that was a good idea. So I need to do something with that one day. And that seemed to be the perfect moment. As for the newest, um, as for the newest tune, um, let me think. Um, I guess the last, the last session that I did was with Wes, and then the second to last one was with um, was with Frank and Uma and Joe. I th I honestly think probably the the newest track was um, was Turtle Rock. That was probably the one that I wrote the most recently. Um, yeah. Well, you mentioned Frank, and a few months ago. I was doing a track by track with two of my favorite Canadian musicians. One happens to play fiddle, the other banjo. And the fiddle player, Ben Plotnick, was having a few technical issues with his internet. And so as we were waiting for him to join us again, Frank said, hey, you know, I recorded another couple tracks with this great fiddler by the name of George Jackson, who of course, we all know you here at WTJU. And Frank said, you really need to get George on to do one of these track by tracks. I was going to do that anyway, of course, if you agreed. But it was a great idea. And so two albums of fiddle and banjo in the same year. Who would have figured? Yeah. <laughs> I know we were laughing about that because we're actually all good friends and hang out a lot. We were actually uh, over at Ben's place uh, playing Catan last night, all three of us. Um, so uh, yeah, we were we were laughing about that. Um, also, just the fact that uh, Ben was recording with Frank, and I was recording with Frank at around about the same time for both those albums. So um, uh, you know, we we kept joking about um, you know, I kept threatening that I would release my album at the exact same time. And, um, you know, that, that we were having, 
putting out rival albums with Frank. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, we're we're all really good friends, and um, and that album is is fantastic of theirs. It really is. I mean, um, yeah, both of their playing um, generally and on that album is is yeah incredible. Yes. Folks um, know Frank, and by the way, I don't know if I've mentioned it, Frank Evans from the Slocan Ramblers and Ben Plotnick, who was yeah. uh, part of the wonderful The Fretless. And of course, he yeah, also indeed. plays yeah. with Caitlin Rates, who I mentioned earlier, with All Over the Crow. So, I mean, all in many ways. But right now, let's talk a little bit more about your collaboration here with Frank Evans and Chicago Tune. Yeah, um, yeah. This is another one that I wrote last year, and uh, it's uh, I wrote it <laughs> at my uh, in-laws' house and in, in on the out, just on the outskirts of Chicago. And um, I guess you know, like when you write tunes and you put them in your voice memo app, and uh, you know, it's just it was just labeled like Chicago tune in my voice memo app. At a certain point, you either have to rename it or uh or it just sort of lives as the the initial voice memo name and that's happened a few times but i couldn't think of anything better and i and i just i knew it as chicago tune so um it it, it stayed as chicago tune um but uh i love uh, frank's playing on this one um he's such an incredible Clawhammer banjo player. Um, there's not many, you know, Clawhammer players that are so melodic and um, and virtuosic as he is um, all over the neck. So he does some really tricky things on this one, playing like a direct harmony to my fiddle melody and um, everything. All while you know, just doing Clawhammer banjo. Um, so yeah, this was this was super fun. This is my mum's personal favorite of the album. So there's a little bit of trivia for you. And um, yeah, Chicago Chan. Let's give a listen right here as we go track by track of George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde.
a George Jackson original there, Chicago tune, which you can find on his new album, Heron Hyde, over at Bandcamp and over at georgejacksonmusic.com. And, well, we're coming up to a tune that a lot of folks would know, and it's Ida Red, and you did this one with Brad Kladner. Yeah, so uh, this is the track with Brad that uh, he brought to the table. And um, again, Brad, Brad's playing is, um, you know, quite virtuosic and um, very melodic. So this is a really tricky fiddle tune, um, comes from the playing of Ed Haley. So this particular version is the Ed Haley version, um, which is certainly a little more tricky than other versions that I've played. Um, particularly the opening phrase um, just has this, you know, the first like eight notes or whatever, um, are really difficult to get my fingers around personally. Um, I'm always messing them up uh, when I'm trying to play this one. So um, it's it's tough and uh, Brad totally nails this one. It's, it's, it's awesome. So um, yeah, I really love playing this one with him and it's, um, a good old time standard for sure, Ida Red. Thank you. 
Ida Red from George Jackson's new album, Hair and Hide, and performing banjo on that is Brad Kolodner. And just a bit of trivia for our listeners. There are two great banjo players out there who have recorded albums with Hammer Dulcimer players. And as it happens, George has got both of them, Wes Corbett and Brad Kolodner. Simon Crisman with Wes and, of course, Brad's dad. Of course, yeah, yeah. Both amazing uh, Hammond Dossman players. Indeed. Well, we are listening to an album of fiddle and banjo, and we're coming up now on another one featuring Joe Overton on banjo and Peter Francisco. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, Joe and I in early 2020 had had been having some jams together and uh, there was a new jam that had just started up, old time jam at um, one of the local musician haunts here in Nashville, D's Country Cocktail Lounge. It's a great place to listen to music if you're ever in in Nashville or in Madison. Um, And uh, one of these nights, uh, you know, getting quite late, we started playing this tune and um it just felt so good to play this one with joe and he he was um grooving really hard and we we played this one for quite a while um and i remember um it ended up on instagram somewhere a little snippet of this tune so i was able to sort of relive the the magic of it and and it felt really great so when it came to uh sort of deciding what another track to to record with Joe would be it it seemed like a simple choice that you know this one had had grooved so well between us at that jam session and um thought it would be fun to sort of get that down on on the album and try and um recreate that that magical moment so uh yeah this uh this particular version of of Peter Francisco uh was inspired by the playing of uh, John Beckoff, who's a fiddler from the Northeast, um, who had a really unique and sort of groovy style and, and kind of would create um, slightly different versions of, of a lot of tunes. So um, this, this is definitely inspired by John Beckoff's playing and um, of Peter Francisco, old tune. Thank you. 
Peter Francisco from George Jackson's new album, Hair and Hide, and that features Joe Overton on banjo. Well, earlier, George, you were talking about how on the vinyl, Wes Corbett is the first track and the last track on side A. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering, how did you put the order of these tracks together? Was it with the vinyl in mind or how? How did you come up with the whole concept of where, what goes where? Yeah, it's always a tricky one. Um, you know, the, I, there was all sorts of things going through my mind when I was trying to decide the track order. Um, you know, there was some options like, you know, do I put everybody's collaborations together? Like I could do two tracks with Wes and then two tracks with BB and two tracks with Frank and et cetera, et cetera. Or, you know, do I try to go like one side, you know, there's 14 tracks, so is it seven tracks, um, you know, with each each seven of the seven different banjo players on side one and then seven tracks with each of the seven different banjo players on side B. But I ended up just kind of going through each each track and kind of trying to hear what needed to come next, you know, um, whether that was uh, something changing up the modali uh, modality, uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, yeah, changing up the sort of modality of it or um, changing up the uh, the speed or the key center or um, yeah, any, any, one, any one of those factors. So um, I ended up just sort of going through it with my wife and just being like, what should come next? And uh, eventually settled on this particular um, arrangement. Although I did try to sort of make sure that um everyone was spaced out uh somewhat so um i think that the only repeats on each side is on side a wes appears twice and on side b um frank appears twice but nice. other than that it's uh, everybody gets one track on on each side but that that just kind of worked out the way um the way it did because i just felt like that was the right place for <laughs> for that treasure. Well, you mentioned Frank being on the second side of the LP. We heard him earlier doing Chicago tune with you, and now we're coming to one titled Frankie. Now, did you pick this because of who you were playing it with? I, I, I kind of like that, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, that was certainly uh, a, a running joke, but uh, this was one that Frank brought to the table. Um, and he had gotten it from a fantastic recording by a Kentucky fiddler named uh, Buddy Thomas. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, uh, so yeah, this is a tricky little tune. And I decided to try and, you know, it was an old time tune, um, but uh, I decided to sort of like bluegrassify this one um, and try and just kind of play it pretty flat out with Frank playing. Um, playing a bluegrass banjo behind it. Um, one of the things when I'm making like an album with 14 tracks of just banjo and fiddle um, is, you know, trying to make sure that ideas aren't sort of reused too much. And um, uh, this is one uh, where, you know, the, the picking banjo isn't really taking any solos. It's just playing a, um, a, a backup role and um it's kind of fun to play to play like this um with a bluegrass style backing so um yeah 
uh, a little bit of a mashup of, of old time and bluegrass um, aesthetics on this one. Well, let's give a listen. Frankie from George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde, and it features Frank Evans. Frankie from George Jackson's new album, Heron Hyde, which you can find over at Bandcamp. And of course, definitely check out georgejacksonmusic.com where you can also order it and find out about George's past recordings. And of course, he mentioned earlier that he used to tour with Missy Rains, and you can find some recordings that George is featured on on those as well uh, over at Missy's website. But I talked about Wes Corbett and Brad Kladner performing with some Cameron Dulcimer players, and I just want to highlight one of my favorite recordings that you've done, George, featured pa Patrick Alberg, and oh. I encourage folks to go out and check that one out. It's a great duo album. Yeah, um, Patrick is a fantastic uh, Swedish fiddler who lives in Chicago and uh, yeah, we, we're really good friends and, and made a little project. I'm always trying to bug Patrick to, to do something again. Um, he's quite a sort of reclusive, elusive fellow, um, but uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll do something again one day um, as soon as I can f locate him. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone you don't need to locate is your buddy jake blunt and we're coming up on town's end and by the way i for those who don't know jake has been out touring and had george performing with him but george decided that the f ground and gravity works so right now george is taking a little respite from touring the nation and of course a great time because his new album's out, so we get to grab him for these track-by-tracks. 
Yeah, um, it's been so fantastic touring with Jake. Um, I love his music and I love his message. Um, of course, his part of his whole project is sort of reviving and uh, restoring um, a lot of great uh, old time and uh, and other string band music, uh, particularly from black and indigenous um, musicians. So. Um, it's it's fantastic work and and really exciting to be a part of. Unfortunately, yeah, I I, I decided that I was going to be such a good vibe on tour that I should uh, go running and keep my keep myself uh, fit and healthy and fell over and broke my collarbone. So um, I'm currently a little bit out of commission, but um, you know it's not feeling too bad, and I'm hoping to get back to it soon. So. But, you know, George can't be out there touring, so a great way to help support him is go pick up this new album, Heron Hyde. <laughs> well, I mentioned Jake, and we're into the second track he did with you, Town's End. Tell us about it. Yeah, this is um, another one that I wrote on that 2019 tour um, when I was in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, this one was written in the town of Port Townsend um, in Washington. and Home uh, of David Grisman and... An old childhood friend has just moved next door to her, so two yeah. excuses for me to go visit, and now three because I can find out about Town's End. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's a beautiful little town, and I remember picking wild uh, blackberries there because it was the the autumn time. And um, yeah, so I, I wrote this one before the show um, that I did there with Missy and. Um, at the time, I uh, part of the inspiration for um, for making a fiddle and banjo album was certainly uh, listening to this brilliant album by Bob Carlin from I think the eighties um, named "Bangin' and Sawing," mm -hmm. and um, one of the tracks on on that album that was really capturing me at the time was um, Judy Hyman's playing of "Geese Honking," and I wanted to write something that kind of had that B flat sound. Um, but of course my tune ended up a little bit more G minor, which is related, but not quite B flat. Um, <laughs> uh, so this was uh, something that I wrote with, with, with a little bit of that um, inspiration in mind. And um, of course, uh, Jake's playing was, was certainly front and center when I was thinking about who to collaborate with this on. So as Town's end. Thank you. 
Townsend, a George Jackson original from his new album, Hair and Hide, and that one featured Jake Blunt. Well, of course, you had all these different banjos and banjo players. I'm curious, did, did you use the same fiddle for the entire album, or did, did you have any fiddles that you were exchanging with as you went along? Yeah, no, I, I recorded the whole al album with my uh, with my trusty four string fiddle and uh, just a carbon fiber coda bow. Um, yeah, my my four string fiddle is um, was made uh, in Australia, and I bought it brand new in about two thousand and nine or so, um, and it's sort of been with me ever since. And yeah, everything on both my last two albums um are recorded on that fiddle and it's uh, it's a trusty workhorse fiddle um and it's I, funny you know when i talk to fiddle players they say no i just have the one album or the, the one the one fiddle rather but when i talk to banjo players like i had tony trishka in a couple days ago you know he's got 17 banjos yeah so it's uh <laughs> fiddle players and banjo players have a different way of looking at instruments. They find one in the fiddle world that they love and they pretty much stick with it. But banjo players are always looking for that new love. Yeah, I think that fiddles are, are such uh, unique instruments, you know, like even if the same builder is making one, every single instrument is so unique. So it's really not um, easy to find another, you know, once you start getting used to the way that yours works, it's, um, it's sort of difficult to find um, find another one that sort of works like that, you know, and and they all feel so different. So I don't I don't know why that is, but yeah, you're you're, you're totally right about that. I mean, whether it's guitar players or mandolin players or what, um, uh, fiddle is is kind of a unique instrument like that. It's uh, it's often just a you know you've got your one the one and and that's the one. Well, we are going through all the tracks on George Jackson's new album, Hair and Hide, with him. And we're coming to Smoky Hole, again featuring Uma Peters. Yeah, um, this is a, a fantastic tune that comes from um, a black fiddler from uh, the DC area. This is. Um, this is a, a tune that um, Jake initially um, showed me or uh, like an, uh, Jake sent me an archive of, of some tunes um, that I could listen to by this fiddler, Will Adams. Um, and I really liked this one, you know, like on the source recording, it's um, it's very fragmented and, you know, he kind of plays it uh, one time through and then he sort of says, I don't I, I can't remember it. All right. That's not how it goes or something. Um, but whatever he played was, it was great. So, um, I, I really wanted to do this one with Uma and, um, I have my fiddle tuned down, um, a whole tone. So it's extra sort of, uh, loose sounding and, um, yeah, so this one comes from the fiddler, Will Adams, Smoky Hole.
The great fiddle tune there from Smokey Adams. Was that the well, Will Adams? No, Will Adams. Will Adams. Yeah, yep. Adams. Sorry. Yep. I realized it as soon as it left my mouth. That smoke was just floating out there. Yeah. Uh, Smoky Hole from Will Adams, which George Jackson learned of from Jake Blunt and recorded on this great new album, Heron Hyde, with young banjo player Uma Peters. Well, by my count, we've heard two tracks from all of your banjo compatriots except for one and that would be the same one who's that second needle or perhaps she's the first needle we don't know <laughs> i think we were uh, concurrent needles yes bits of banjos <laughs> tell us about it yeah um so this is this is the the last track on the album and um and the second track with bb bowness playing um this is a tune that bb wrote and um it's something that she brought to the table um again sort of she was visiting Nashville in um, the spring of 2020, right in the sort of middle of the fraught pandemic. Um, and she just sort of stayed in the shed that's on our property. And we would go out onto the porch and jam together sort of at a distance. And, um, and I was hoping to get her into the studio while she was in town. And she was in town specifically because she had decided to sort of hunt for her perfect banjo that was going to be a pandemic project i guess for her um and she had you know a pot from here and a neck from there and um you know she was going to combine them all to create this uh this perfect banjo situation and so um she was down here to try and assemble this thing um and in the meantime um we were sort of working on tunes and she was playing my banjo and she had two set uh, again two separate uh ideas for tunes and we just kind of put them together and so um while she was in town uh trying to assemble this banjo out of bits um then we assembled this tune out of bits of tunes that she had written and uh so it really made sense to call this tune bits of banjos and uh yeah, this is uh, one of one of her melodies, and it's. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting and fun way to finish the album. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's really a unique tune, I think. So um, yeah, bits of banjos. Thank you. 
the final track on the new George Jackson album, Hair and Hide, Bits of Banjos, written by B.B. Bowness and, of course, on George's new album. Well, George, what the pandemic has been great about is that artists like you have had a chance to do these albums, but when it comes to actually touring behind them, that might be a little tougher when you've got seven different banjo players with you. But once you're all healed up, is there a chance that maybe at least around Nashville, you might be able to do a CD release of sorts with one or two banjo players joining you for it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, obviously, um, probably won't be playing for the next few weeks, but um, I, uh, luckily, uh, being good friends with Frank Evans and um, having him here in Nashville, Frank is a monster at both claw hammer and picking banjo. So uh, when when I get a chance to do um, to tour this album, he's the obvious uh, go to because he can pull everything off, and he's on the album. So um, so I've done a little bit of stuff with Frank and um, been doing some things around town here in Nashville uh, with Frank and uh, a bass player by the name of Eli Broxham. Uh, as the local trio, uh, we had a bunch of gigs lined up around my CD launch that we had to cancel, unfortunately, but we are going to be playing uh, at the five spot on the 15th of December. And I think that's going to be my comeback show. So, um, uh, yeah, um, yeah, we'll certainly uh, get around, uh, get around it when, when we can. And, um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get whoever is around uh, to, to come and uh, play those tunes with me. But um, yeah, it's certainly uh, not going to be possible to get all of the banjo players. But uh, that's the fun of, of the project. I mean, the amount of tuning of involved alone with seven banjo players, we'd have to probably another pandemic just to come through to get them all tuned up. Oh my George, goodness. Yes. Thank you so much for taking time to go track by track through Hair and Hide out now over at Bandcamp. And of course, definitely check out georgejacksonmusic.com. Thanks so much, Peter. Yeah, it was really fun to, to chat about it with you. And I look forward to getting you back here at WTJU when you're out there touring again. Thanks so much. Indeed, look forward to it.